Okay, well welcome everybody. Um, we're very lucky indeed um, this afternoon to have um, Rupert, Rupert Suchak. And as you can see, she's currently the digital editor South Asia for the BBC World Service. But she was just telling me she's actually been at the BBC for 15 years in a wide range of capacities as a presenter, as a editor. She's done a lot of work for those of you who are interested on video and doing video both online and for uh, apps, so she'd be very happy to take questions on that. But the, the, the severe drawback, rather like myself, is she's had no life outside the BBC. <laughs> so whether that will be reflected in her talk, I seriously doubt. But she will uh, be happy to take questions on anything to do with the BBC and try and answer those questions, but she may not be able to do so. So, Rupert, over to you, and thank you very, very much indeed for coming. It's a great pleasure to have you. Not at all. Thank you, James. Thanks for inviting me. Um, it's, it's a really nice opportunity to meet all of you, and hopefully I can learn from some of your experiences too. James informed me that you're from a wide kind of uh, part, from different parts of the world and from many different experiences, so hopefully we can learn from each other. But, so, coming back to reaching our digital audiences in South Asia, essentially, BBC, BBC News across the world, reaches 320 million people a week. Um, that's, that's a huge number, and we have massive ambitions to grow that number by 2020, 2022, almost looking at reaching the 500 million mark. So there are big ambitions there. Um, so that, that's kind of what we're aiming for. We are operating in 30 different languages across many platforms. So we're looking at TV, we're looking at radio, we're looking at online, so social platforms, websites, etc., etc. The BBC, when, when you look at the World Service, we have, and some of you may know this, we split them up into regions. And just so you're, you're aware of exactly who we're talking about as part of this presentation, for South Asia, we have six services. BBC Hindi, BBC Bangla, BBC Tamil, BBC Urdu, Sinhala, and Nepali. These are the six that create the South Asia hub. And these are the six that come from one of the world's busiest markets in terms of media and digital consumption. So they are, for example, if we take India, something like 400 channels, news channels across, across India, including regional channels. It's a very noisy market. It's a very crowded market, as you, as you well may be aware. So the question is, how do we break into that market and how do we retain our audiences and bring in those new audiences? What is it that we do that people like to come and see us for? Why is our Facebook page you know, working better than some others and wh where, what can we do to make it grow to reach the heights of others? And the same with Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and other digital and social platforms like that. One of the things that we really do believe is that with data consumption, increasing and with data being more readily available across the country this is really helping us so at first you had 2g 3g then came into place which was then freeing up 2g space 4g is now being introduced which is then freeing up the other the other platforms and the other kind of the other the other data and connectivity um providers so that's built that's bringing up more opportunities for people to to consume the price of handsets and digital uh units are becoming cheaper. Recently there was the Freedom 251 phone, a smartphone for 251 rupees, like three pounds. So something like that, it makes it much more available to not just the rich but also to the lower classes too. 
on a recent visit to India, my rickshaw driver had a smartphone better than mine. <laughs> Um, you know, the, 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 the hotel uh, staff had better phones than I did and so I was thinking to myself, I need a new phone here. Um, and you know, it, it, really does, it, it really does open the doors. And just today, in fact, the BBC published a story about how Google are sending out people into rural parts of India to teach them how to use mobile phones and teach them how to use all of these platforms as well. So they are reaching out into the market. We have seen from our figures a slow and steady increase to prove this. So if we're looking at our figures from 2012, we can look at the six sites that we have and you can see the growth. The biggest growth is from 2014-15. And we believe that's when the network started to open up more for us and the lines are still going up. And we're so hoping they will carry on. UVs is unique views. So this is unique views to our sites. All right, so we've got unique views in the year and you can see the absolute trend there. Some of the smaller services, you'll see Nepalese and Sinhalas and Tamils, they're on a much smaller growth, but they are on the up too. But our biggest is Hindi, with it just being the, the, the language which encompasses most of the region. One of the other reasons that we think that um, there is digital growth and growth um, on our mobile platforms, and we've seen that from the research that we do, we, we carry out audience research into how, how our media is consumed regularly throughout the year. And we have seen a huge upward trend with mobiles. So for example, India at the moment, currently for our Hindi service, we're about 60% mobile. The consumption of just that one service is approximately 60%, and that's a huge figure for us. Why is that? Why are mobiles the, the key platform right now for our audiences within South Asia? And we believe that's because the content is curated, it's tailored, and it's shareable, right? So our, our websites are there. It, what you see on your phone is exactly what you'd see on the website with a different layout. But your top stories are curated. Data will make you make those decisions. So with the tools that we have, we can see if that top story isn't performing, why isn't it performing? What can we tweak to make that top story perform? Or is that top story now not relevant because the, the, the news gender has moved on? Or is that top story something that people want to come to us for? Or would they go to a more trusted South Asian brand for? So would the Hindustan Times, for example, be able to tell that story better than we would? Or would they go to Arj? Or would they go to Dawn? Would they go to ETV? Who would they go to for that story? And if it's not us, what is it that we can tell on that story that will make it contextually important for our audience? So how do we treat that story better for our audience for them to come to us? So what we, what we realised very early on is that we're not there for breaking news. Then people don't come to us for, for regional breaking news in the market. There are people, and we put our hands up, who can do it better than we can. But what is it that we can bring as added value to our audiences on that story. What is it about the BBC's impartiality, BBC's accuracy, the BBC's original journalism that we can bring to our audiences? And that's how we are tailoring our content. And that's how we feel we can make a unique presence in that busy, loud, crazy market. Yeah. 100 million Indians are connecting to the internet every year for the first time. And most of these are through mobile platforms. So by 2019, you're looking at something like 800 million users. That number is phenomenal. So the market is there. There's a lot of people trying to get into that market. And the question is, how are we going to reach 
that audience. It's opened the doors for so many digital providers already in terms of content. How do we then enhance that content and bring those people to us? This is the constant battle that not only we, but every other news organisation within the South Asia region would be facing. Okay. Let's look at our audience. How does age impact digital behaviour? So if we break down our audiences into age categories and look at why they would be using digital platforms to, to consume our media. So your 16 to 24 year olds, they want to learn more about themselves and about the world. They're young, they're still learning and they're, they're intrigued. The heavy users of social platforms and of chat apps. And we'll come on to chat apps a little bit later on. Your 25 to 34 year olds want to inform their life choices and expand their knowledge of the world. Medium use of chat apps and social platforms, but more use we find from our data of our site. And 35 year olds and above, they want to evaluate the issues which affect their lives and they're looking for solutions. And we feel that they focus more on the big international stories. Again, medium use of chat apps and social platforms, more use of the site. And this is kind of the rough um, demographic that we've come across using platforms to consume the BBC. However, and this is really important, we know that digital use and the use of internet is booming in India. It, it's, it's, no, it's no secret, you know, we're all aware of that. However, recent studies say that one in four mobile users in India have a smartphone. And our own research on consumption shows that, as I said earlier, the use of smartphones to consume our media is increasing. But it's not all about the platform. Think of the mindset of the user coming to you. So traditionally speaking, people would go to radio bulletins or to television to inform themselves, to find out what the day's news is, to find out what's going on and see, see, see what's happening in the world. And traditionally, people go to Facebook or Twitter or to Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube to kill time. Yeah? You don't tend to go to Facebook to look for news, although now that trend is now changing. But right now, we can still say people go there to kill their time, the young people of the, of the world. So think about the mindset. So when they're looking through their friends on Facebook, checking their news feed, you know, snooping on who's going out with who and whatnot, when they come across an article, what kind of mindset are they in? Are they really looking at breaking news, Germany explosion? Or are they looking at Great pictures, great pictures. Ooh, breaking news, Germany explosion. Great pictures, great pictures. <laughs> Let's face it. You know, we, we really have to think of how they... I mean, just think of... Okay, if I say think of it yourselves, that's a bit of a skewed view because you're all journalists and you may be using it for news. But if, if you think about your friends and the younger people and your families and people that you know, think about them, their mindsets. They're sitting on the train or they're, they're passing time with their friends, waiting in the coffee shop, etc. So just think about the mindset. So, they rarely discover news, sorry, they discover news on social media, but they're rarely in the news mindset. So then we tailor what we put onto these social media platforms, thinking about who these people are. One thing that the director of the BBC World Service recently said at the Asia Media Summit um, early this year was, for 20 years we did news, we did breaking news, but now we see that by the time people get to listen to us or watch us, they already know 
what the news is. Yeah. And it's not just your social platforms, but your chat apps now come to play in this as well. Right? How many people will, will just get a, a message of earthquake here or this has happened here from, from a WhatsApp message from your contacts rather than you getting a breaking news alert on your phone from somewhere else or you seeing it on a different platform? So we now have to think about how this affects us and then how we utilise that information to reach our audiences. What we've realised though is a gap is opening up between the journalistic conception of news and young people's conception of news. What does that mean to us? News stories should provide context. Not only tell you what has happened and why, but tell you what's next. Yeah? Be one step ahead of the game with the news agenda. Why would somebody in, in Rajasthan be interested in the Trump-Clinton debate? It doesn't directly affect them. But if we tell the story contextualized to India or to that particular region in India, it might make them read the story. Yeah? Or we can either contextualize the story to them or we can, so we can either bring the world to India or we can bring India to the world. So we can benchmark India. And that really appeals to our audience. So they can feel that they are a front runner as well. They're on par with, with, with someone else doing something. And we find that that's a big draw for our audience. Context is a big thing. Um, and we try and provide that in a lot of the international stories that we do for our audiences. It's not always possible. <coughs> You can't, you can't visualise <coughs> everything, but anything that we can do, we suddenly see that there's a massive growth. Can you give an example of that? So, for example, um, if you look at... Trump's a bad example because of this whole India thing in New Jersey. So that, that's a bad example because it's already contextualised for India. Um, let's, 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 let's take Brexit. Okay? So why would... Why would Brexit be of interest to somebody in, in Ahmedabad or in Punjab or in Delhi? For your average Joe blogs in, in these regions, why, why would Brexit even bother them? Mother of three kids, busy doing her housework, taking her kids to school every day. It won't. But if you contextualise it to them, so if we say that because of Brexit, you know, the, the, the exchange rate is going to falter or it's going to be much more difficult to get a visa or there's going to be trade implications or, you know, the price of your, the price of cornflakes is going to go up or something. But if you contextualise it to them, make it matter to them, then it will make them read the story. Does, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah? As I said earlier, we know it's a crowded market. This isn't what people come to us for. Breaking news is just not what they're going to turn to us for. Remember, we haven't got a TV channel out there. We have TV platforms. We, we have bulletins on partner stations. We haven't got our own BBC channel, apart from BBC World News in English. But people tend not to watch that, right? Then NDTV is the key player out there. So they don't come to us for breaking news because, as I said earlier, there are institutions who can do it better than we can. They've got bigger forces on the ground, better infrastructure in the country, and they can just go and do it. What they do come to us for, as I said earlier, is our trust, 
impartiality, accuracy, original journalism. The way that we context contextualise stories to India and how we tell them. It's the storytelling techniques that we found which have proven to be a winner for us. So digitally, when we're telling a story in South Asia, when I train all of, the, all of my colleagues in the region, these are the points that I say to them. Think about what works on each platform. A long form analysis piece isn't going to work as well on Facebook as it would somewhere else. Yeah. Think about the different audiences on each platform. So you're not going to get somebody who is interested in in-depth analysis of Syria on Facebook, but you will get somebody who is interested in, for example, women breaking through the glass ceiling in India. Or, you know, for example, the story this morning with Google sending people out into rural parts of India to teach them how to use the internet. Think about exposure to the audience. And with this, what I'm talking about is things about publishing times. So when is the peak traffic on these platforms? Yeah. We're, so recently we did, we did a, um, some research into the Urdu service. And we were looking at audience trends in Pakistan. And we found the website had very clear, busy times, you know, peaks and troughs. So, you know, it was about 6 o'clock in the morning. People started to wake up. First thing they do is look at their phones. And the mobile traffic just rocketed at that point. And then it kind of dipped as people, as people had dropped their kids to school and busy doing their work. So during the middle of the day, it was okay. And then suddenly, we realised there was a peak at 9pm. Why was there a peak at 9pm? Because people are done with the day. Done with the day, done with the kids, had their dinner, now they're settling down, and they're scrolling through their phones. And this is the mobile traffic that I'm talking about. So 9pm was a peak until 11 now, in the traditional news cycle, it's an 8.30, it's a midday, and it's a 6 p.m. If you look at four or five years ago, those were the peak times that you'd want to publish something. But now it's shifted, and that's just because of the way people's lives have changed. And it's, there's similar traffic kind of across India and Bangladesh as well. Um, and even to be fair, in the UK, the, the peak time has shifted to the, towards the, the tail end of the day. So think about the exposure to your audiences and so what time you publish things, and that really has a big effect. And think, if you're publishing a story in the morning, is that same story the type of story that they'd want to read at 9pm at night? Or is the 9pm at night slot safe for something a bit more heavy and analytical? And the 6 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning safe for something quite fast and pacey? So think about the mindsets of your audiences again. Where are they when they are looking at these platforms and consuming your media? And what time of day it is? And that, that's really important for us. And ultimately, it's being innovative in your storytelling. Yeah? <coughs> Be innovative in the way that you make your media. Do you use a cartoonist to tell your story? Is it digital video? Is it something like a data visualization which is heavy on graphics and information? Is it a straight reporter rant? Or is it a first-person-led story? Is it somebody telling their own? Yeah, think about the creative ways in which you can tell your story. So we have our websites as a way to talk to our audiences. Yeah, your desktop versions of the websites. It just happened to be the day of the Thai King's death that I was pulling this together. So you have a lot of the Thai King going on. 
You also then have your mobile versions of the sites. Now remember, as I said earlier, the sites are exactly the same. It's just a responsive site and we can tailor the top stories according to what people want to watch and see. What we're also aware of is the size of the screen and the layout. So your picture choice is more informed, your headline choice is more informed, and your, um, your summary, so the, the, you know, the, the words under your picture, your summary to tell the story is more informed. And that plays a big role. You cannot underestimate how important your SEO search terms are, how important your picture selection is in terms of getting your story clicked on on different platforms. We saw certain stories doing very well on mobile, not doing so well on the website and vice versa. So when we took the stories that weren't doing so well on mobile but doing superbly well on the website and we looked at what it was, it was just an immediate change of the picture, mobile traffic rocketed. An immediate change in the headline, mobile traffic rocketed. So you just need to think about, again, think about the size of the screen that people are looking at your, your, your media on and then take it from there. News aggregators work very well for us in South Asia. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with, with, the, with the news aggregator concept. Um, but essentially, if we look at something like Daily Hunt, um, I don't know how many of you have heard of Daily Hunt. Daily Hunt is an aggregator um, in South Asia where they basically take a curated version of stories from different media houses. You'll be familiar with, with Daily Hunt. And you can tailor what you see. So it's a one-stop shop for a number of different media institutions telling their stories. So you can tailor by language or by subject and you can then just have a snapshot of the day. So it may be that you've got some BBC stories, some Hindustan Times stories, some the Hindu stories, sometimes of India stories, etc. But it's your snapshot of the day. This is a curated version. So you've got a wide kind of scope. Then you can just select into what you want to read and hey presto. The only issue that we have with Daily Hunt though is how do people know that it's our content? Our logo is on there. No doubt. But it's tiny. And this is something that a lot of media institutions in South Asia are battling with. It's a very small logo. So when you're looking at the feed, you're just thinking, great story, let's read it. But it's, it's the whole bringing back to us, which is a downside on this. However, what Daily Hunt are doing, and this is really interesting, is that they have started using algorithms to send you push alerts based on the stories that you read. So then it will start tailoring the content based on your use behaviour. Push alerts, by the way, seem to be very popular in South Asia. So I, I was in Delhi um, in January and I thought, you know what, I really need to download these apps to get the experience. So I downloaded about 12 apps and my phone has never vibrated <laughs> so much. About six o'clock in the morning, it's bam, 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 bam. I'm just like, what is going on? It's push alerts from all of these places, all of these apps. And what we found is that audiences in South Asia really like this because it gives them an overall view of the day. Mm -hmm. So on their commute or wherever they're going, all they have to look at is their push notifications and they can see the top lines of everything that they want. Another thing that we found about audiences in South Asia is that a number of our audiences like to have an overall view of the news top lines, the key points of a story. Why? So they can hold a conversation about that story with their peers and with their friends. 
They're not interested so much in the detail, but they are interested in the main key points and kind of the one point that takes the story to the next step. So it's being able to have that kind of knowledge that they can carry forward a conversation, which is something that people really like. And these push alerts really help them. So that's Daily Hunt. Newspoint is a very similar aggregator um, from the Times of India company. They made their own. They didn't want to use somebody else's. There are big media institutions. They just made their own news aggregator. Um, and we are partnered with them also. And InShorts is a really, really nice one, actually. InShorts is a superb app um, where they take five or six stories from each, uh, news, uh, from each news provider and they tell your story in 60 words. No more than 60 words. It's a 60-word limit. Picture and 60 words. If you like that story, you go into it and there you go. Then you've got the full article from the BBC or the HT or from wherever. But that's become a rising platform. InShorts is actually doing very, very well in South Asia. And it's because it's got that quick, smart knowledge. People can just read that 60 words and then go for it. But again, how do we then tell that that story has come from us? Or how do you tell that it's come from somewhere else? It's a very small byline at the bottom. So these are the things that work for us, but we're also battling against. So there's pros and cons with almost everything that we can do. Our social platforms are doing well. Facebook for BBC Bangla, we're now currently on something like 7.6 million fans, which is a superb number. Um, BBC Hindi, something like 4.5 million. BBC Urdu, something very similar. So we've got a lot of followers on platforms like Facebook. Twitter doesn't do so well for us, funnily enough. South Asia, Twitter isn't a key player. We find in South Asia, across Bangladesh, India, Nepal, and uh, Sri Lanka, we've got 94, 95% Facebook, and the rest is Twitter. So Facebook is just the key platform out there. YouTube is doing quite well. YouTube was very recently only unblocked in Pakistan about five, six months ago. And that's really opened the doors for us um, in terms of YouTube. And what we find with YouTube is that we look at engaged time in minutes per video as a benchmark of success rather than the amount of fans. Because people can still click to be your fan. They're never going to consume your content. But if they engage more in the content you produce, you know that you're hitting the right buttons for them. And Instagram is working for, for most of our regions too. It's an up and coming platform for us um, in terms of South Asia, but it is working for us also. So on that, we, we, we create videos specifically for Instagram, there's pictures of the day, etc., etc. One thing that we started um, on Facebook with BBC Hindi as a pilot earlier this year was something called Kahasuni. Now, Kahasuni is basically a debate. Um, Kahasuni literal meaning is he said, she said kind of thing. And this debate style feature has taken off really well for us. What it is, is that we choose a topic which we think is going to trend the next day. So we try and be ahead of the curve, look at something that people are talking about tomorrow. What is going to be the main focal talking points tomorrow? What is it people want to know about? We then produce that debate in the sense that almost like a programme, we'll, we'll, we will think about contributors, we'll think about experts, we'll think about the knowledge that we need to have, the questions that, that want to be asked. We will then publicise it on Facebook and we will go live. And our Facebook lives reach 
a decent amount of people, 800,000 here, 400,000 there, 360,000 here. And if we look at the kind of comments we're getting, so we had 5,500 comments on one of them, 1,500 comments on the other. That one's blocked, so I can't see it, can't, can't see the numbers. And these are shared and liked a lot. This sparks a superb debate with our audience, allows our audiences to interact with us, and allows them to ask us, ask us the questions that they would never be able to. It also is a superb platform for crowdsourcing stories, because the amount of things that you can get from this is, is fantastic. So it could be one of our reporters who's taken on the knowledge and who has kind of really researched into the subject and is having this debate or we'll bring in an expert to have this debate. And it, when I say debate, I do mean we'll have a panel and it's properly done. The most memorable one that I remember was when a company, in, this is a good one about contextualizing a story. A company in Bristol decided to give um, leave to women when they were having a period, period pain leave. This was six odd months ago. It's a great story. So they took it up as a kahasuni. And they said in India, it's a taboo. So how do we deal with it? So we had one of our reporters running this debate, and we had an all-female panel. And I can't tell you the amount of interaction and comments that we had. You will get your trolls. You will get people saying you're talking absolute rubbish, and how could you even think about talking a topic like this on, on the BBC, and we shouldn't even be talking about this. But then you've got on the flip side, yeah, I suffered. And I had to leave my job because of this and this. And it, like, it really brought people out. People were really talking about this, not only just on that day, but for a long time afterwards. And we crowdsourced many stories from there. Just to be clear, this is just on Facebook Live. This is just so on just, Facebook Live. you didn't Live. deal with Facebook. No, it, well, Facebook, Facebook Live is open, right? To so anybody, yeah. To anybody. So all we do is we have a set time a day, or every Wednesday, to do a Facebook Live. So our audiences now know that it's coming. We will... You know, we'll create a graphic about what the question is, you know, we'll pop it up there and get it out there, publicise it, and then people know what time to tune into us. And the beauty about this is that you can consume this wherever you are. Yeah? Your phone is going to be with you wherever you are, as long as you've got connectivity, and connectivity is opening up in South Asia, you can consume this. And remember, it's not just for South Asia, this is a worldwide thing. You follow BBC Hindi and you, you can access it. But this was a superb thing for us, and it's worked really, really, really well. Um, touch wood. Um, it's, it's doing well. So it's just giving people a chance to give, put out their voice. Kahasuni uh, means, uh, I, he said, she said, Kahasuni is Kahasuni. Something, something like that. <laughs> Could be hearsay as well. Yeah, it's like a debate. Um, and yeah, if you're looking at a literal translation, kaha means said and suni means heard. And it's, yeah, but it's that kind of phenomenon. Interaction. Interaction, I like that. <laughs> so, another thing that's worked really well for us is our cartoonist. We've got a great cartoonist and he does a cartoon of the day. Please don't ask me to read what this says because I can't read Hindi. Um, <laughs> but we've got a superb cartoonist um, in, in the Delhi Bureau. And he not only does cartoons for Hindi, but for the rest of South Asia too. <coughs> and literally, we will just give him a topic of the day or say, this is the story of the day that needs to be talked about. And there you go. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's their kind of take on things. These cartoons work phenomenally well 
not only on Facebook, not only on Instagram, not only on Twitter, but on our website too. Um, and it's just something very quick, very funny at times, which people can see and just give an overall view of the story. And there's no B and then there's BBC. Yeah, the BBC branding is on there, um, and they're watermarked as well. Um, but these are things that go viral for us at times. So he's we, a member of staff, the BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, we, uh, BBC Hindi is in fact one of the first services within the World Service to, in fact, I think he's the, we're the only service to actually hire a cartoonist, and it's really worked to our benefit. Um, so it's just a different way of telling a story, going back to that innovation and creativity. So think about your platforms, think about how people consume, think about the different ways of doing it. Okay? Chat apps, we are present on the big chat apps in South Asia, WeChat, by the Line, Hike. WhatsApp, it's, it's slightly different because you can't really use it to broadcast, but we, we have done an experiment with WhatsApp. We, for the first time, created a groundbreaking experiment to cover the Indian election purely through WhatsApp. So basically, it was all produced, it was published, and it was interacted with with one single mobile handset and a producer who we locked away in a hotel room for three weeks. Um, he basically did everything from this one number, uh, from this WhatsApp number. People could subscribe to it. We'd send out a limited number of messages. We, did, we didn't want to bombard people because that would be quite full on. Um, but he put out, I think it was four messages a day, but it was just kind of updates on what was going on. And obviously, as the results came out, it up to about 25. Um, but, you know, we, we'd limit it. There'd be videos, there'd be text, there'd be images, there'd be conversations and emojis. And emojis did really well because it's just another way of connecting with your audience. Yeah? So it's just another way of getting there, getting to the people that you want to, um, who may not consume news on, on the website, but at least connect with the BBC through a different platform. And that did very, very well for us. But essentially, this brings me kind of towards the end. The way that the BBC in South Asia think and the way that we, we, we kind of teach our, teach our journalists and our reporters is that we're all digital. We have to move away from this siloed mindset of text, TV, radio and online. We, we've just got to move away from that. We are all now multimedia digital journalists. All of our decisions have to be based on data. Data drives everything that we do. So everything from changing the top story because it's not performing so well, but the, the story third down on your page is better, so change it. Or relating better stories to your, um, relating stories to your stories to keep recirculation on your website. All of that is data driven, and we have to be innovative to break through this busy news environment. So think creatively, think innovatively, and we can make our mark. Thank you, Rupert.